Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel from the most fascinating people in our business community from all over our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson. You're Hieronymus Bosch of business. And this very day, you and I are going to lay out a more sensible and vastly improved strategy for guiding your career. Why? Because where you place your precious energies and devote your spirit are important. They're of utmost importance to your fulfillment. It's going to be the making of you. And I will bet 10 cents of my own money that once You can lift your head and forget that narrow rut that defines, as those counselors do, defines careers as a series of jobs and a list of skills. I bet you'll take off those blinders and begin gobbling up the smorgasbord of opportunities that will enrich your life and bring you what you most truly want out of your days. And we're going to do this in a fun way. We're giving you the tactics and introducing to you some some wise way decision making processes by telling you the stories of some interesting and some famous individuals showing how their career moves and their choices made all the difference so no matter where you are in your world whether you're a university student who's locked herself into a professional track in her college career but she seems to keep discovering other exciting options and she's puzzled like Angie or you're an entrepreneur uh, of an enviably expanding business wondering how long this and uh, is going to last and how long Uh, you'll be able to do this before your spirit maintains. Like Richard, pull up your chair a little closer and join us in this feast of wisdom all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. And so before we really plunge into all the decisions and scrutiny and planning tips and all the fascinating folks and examples, I think the first thing we need to do is preface it all with a matter of attitude. You're searching for your career. Now, what is that? Well, in in one sense, it is your trade. Your career is your trade. That is, you're going to end up trading your uh, abilities and your back and your time for uh, the things that you do have, those things you do have, you're going to trade them for those things you don't have and dearly want. Uh, food, clothes, shelter, a lovely uh, house on the hill, and maybe that sports car, whatever. You're, these are things This is that you're trading, one for the other. But the career takes a step beyond that. It's for those of us who now have the luxury of going beyond survival and who sees the choice and say, I want to mold my the way I spend my work as within the way I live my life. And they and you're going to combine them. So the attitude adjustment uh, adjustment that we're calling for here is that you're is to see your career in a new light. It is first of all, it is an ongoing series of decisions, not something made once. You are always deciding, and you're sculpting your career. And the operative word here is you. It's a series of decisions that are made to please you and only you. And therefore, those decisions on what you choose to go where must be made by you. 
After after all, you know, you are the sole expert on what pleases and satisfies you, am I right? So I'd like you to begin viewing uh, your marvelous self as, your marvelous being really, as the CEO of yourself. Now that's the name of a, a book that I hardly recommend, but being CEO of yourself is is a simple concept really. You're not the board chair of your life, and by that I mean fate sits smilingly on your board chair. You, I, I mean circumstance, your, your your health, your family, the environment around you, the advantages you got, the disadvantages, all those aspects that have landed in your lap, they, they make up your marvelous self. But you, you're not the board chair, but you are the chief executive officer of your life. You are the one who takes all those circumstances and makes the most of them. You build the enterprise of you uh, out of what you've been handed. And that means as CEO, you are the chief. And by chief, I mean you see your own situations. You lay out a vision for the life that you want to lead. You gather supporters to help the enterprise of you. And most importantly, you see the choices that lie ahead of you. You are... The executive, yes, my friend, you execute these choices. You don't fall into default mode. You execute, you act on your beliefs, you you make friends, you support worthy causes, you fight for clean air, you govern your speech, but you also study what's important to you, and you set about making that career of yours. Officer, and by that, by being the officer, you are the one gifted with the mastery of yourself. So you take a stand for what benefits you and for the world as you see it. You you build a character that's worthy of your vision. You enlist aid in building that enterprise of you. And you become the person whom you really like. Freedom, my friend. The life is yours to command. All right. If you've got if you can master that attitude, the world is yours and all that's in it. And I invite you to move toward that goal. All right. That now with our attitudes adjusted, <laughs> uh, let's get to our first tip and the first guiding point, the first landmark that is going to help you uh, in in your career choices is to stop divining, uh, design, to looking at your career as skill sets, but define your career by its contribution and. I think the best way to explain what I mean by that is to look at the life of superstar Madonna. She brought the whole world of video and moved, stepped right into stardom for herself and, and turned the whole entertainment industry around. Uh, and Lady Gaga did something similar. But turning it to Madonna's life, Madonna came to the right to New York, young girl as a dancer, and she practiced and she practiced and she danced and she danced and she went on all the auditions and she failed. She did. She wasn't making it, but then she took a look at her contributions and she said to herself, no, 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 Madonna is not a dancer. I, I am a provider of avant entertainment for this up-and-coming generation. Boom. She looked at what she was, what her skills were giving others. That led her to the career. It opened up new opportunities. It, she shifted into uh, music videos, songs, lyrics, dancing, and combined the whole thing into 
an amazing package that had not been seen before, and she did it because she kept looking, kept her eye on what her actual contribution was. And, of course, as you will do, you picked up, uh, you will pick up skills along the way, so you find that you are an accountant. But what are you providing? You are providing financial recording and advice for the, the monies of people who need what you, ha- what you have to offer, who need that guidance. So you will pick up new skills. It's the same, it's the same thing. And so, uh, the next tip is sort of a codicil of that. If you're going to make a contribution, then the next thing is to look at the people whom you're, to whom you're contributing. Look at what is needed. If, again, taking that accountant, accounting idea, what do the people really want? Do they need just record-keeping, or do they need uh, something shift about where to move that money? This is where the whole idea of the chief financial officer came from, by the way. The, the accounting, the old boys in accounting, found that they, they had knowledge that the heads of the company really needed and this is how it will work. I think the, the fabulous example on this is the career choice made by Albert Schweitzer, the, the most amazing uh, voice of salvation, an actor of salvation and help in all of Africa. In, in our history, he started out in, in Germany as a missionary, and he was a great theologian. And by the way, he was also a great organ player. And he studied everything to do with the church. And he took uh, took it all to heart. He was fired with missionary zeal. He wanted to go off and help the people of Gabon in Africa. He picked that place. And then he, he studied the people. And then he stopped. He didn't jump on a boat and go... He, after studying the people and the needs, he then he turned and took doctor of medicine. Everyone is saying in his university, why would you do this? He took it because the people, as he put it, when you're really starving and you're really sick, it's very tough to take the deity into your heart. <laughs> that was how he put it. But the whole idea was he saw what the people needed. And so he went down there and he set up as a hospital as w- along with the missionary. And he set up schools and he, set up, he found places, ways to feed them. He used his uh, organ playing ability to raise money. And he kept his eye always on what the people needed. So in your, in your own career choice, make sure that uh, you're not selling ice boxes to Eskimos. Make, uh, unless you've got some very good things inside that icebox that are going to make it work. In other words, look and see what the people need. And all of this in, will open up a broader avenue to see what you can do with those skills in that career box that, that you start entering into in your first job, your first trade. If you've just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at... Uh, 2 p.m. on uh, streams magically through the mightily misunderstood miasma of cyberspace where you may listen and download 
all of our episodes and this one by visiting theartoftheceo.com. We are a proud member of the C-Suite Network, and you may find us on a whole host of Internet streams. But to find all the episodes and select what you want and learn about our guests, visit theartoftheceo.com. And the next thing I would say, moving on to uh, your career, is you really do this. This is an old tried and true method, but you have to know your strengths. And not, not just the ones that others list, the ones you've taken for, for this. Know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and know the way you work, the way you work best. You, you've got to be very true to yourself here. I'm going to give you an example of a woman called Jeannie Murphy, who uh, in her young years worked, did marvels selling real estate. She went back after many years of, uh, in, in another field. She said, I want to go back into real estate. She assessed her circumstance, and she saw new vision, and she also knew, looked at her, the way she works and the way her history was. She signed up for the real estate course. She Now, this is a woman who never takes notes, who, do, who doesn't like to write. She would listen intently to everyone. She worked as a, she was a great publicist, would listen to other people, transform, could transform what they were saying into common sense. And so what she would do was she sat there in class, took no notes. She didn't open the book. She was busy with her other job. But she listened and absorbed everything the, the instructor told her. Then she would go out, and during the breaks and after the class, she would talk to the fellow students that, that were gathering around. And she was older than a lot of them. And so she started talking through and started guiding them and mentoring them through, explaining what the instructor was saying. What was she doing? She was learning the actual facts of what she needed to know by talking through them. She knew how she did work, is what I'm saying. Uh, the result, she actually aced the exam with uh, the highest grade in the class. Why? Was she bright? Yes, she was. But what made the real difference was she knew how she worked. Everyone else was taking notes and doing what they felt was best for them. But that's just a very small technical example of how this woman was honest with herself, knew how she worked, and uh, why not you? Why not you t taking advantage of the way you work? It doesn't have to be the way everybody else does. She uh, just find your new strength, and that will give you what you need. Now, uh, for uh, the most successful and the, those who are, who are satisfied temporarily with their career, there is the sort of feeling about, well, I don't need to go anywhere else. I mean, I've, I've pretty much got this career thing made. I'm halfway through. I'm a, a salesman, and I am pulling down a very large salary I have after 25 years of really making contacts and hustling through. I've I work uh, 
Monday through Wednesday and half a Thursday, Friday I play golf, I take the phone calls, it all works out beautifully. Like the man in the green smoking jacket, for those of you who have uh, read Death of a Salesman. You've got it. But, uh, and and actually, I've heard that these are the, some of the toughest people for a business to incentivize. But my my question to you is, you've reached the pinnacle of one kind of success. That is, you have mastered one aspect, and it is giving you remuneration. And I'm not saying you have to be frenzied, that you have to work like bloody crazy, uh, or be in a, uh, or be frenetically chasing something. But I would ask you to say this: that you uh, that okay, you've mastered your skill. Now what? What can you do with that selling ability that you have? Is it something that perhaps you want to pass on to others? Is it something that you feel is might work in another field or within a within a non-profit and it might allow you to build up that one charity that you've always felt a passion for that you want to move people uh, toward education and or literacy and you feel that your salesmanship could do this find take some shots in the dark find now that you've mastered your skill and now that you're sitting on the top, maybe, and, and they've given you the corner office, what more would bring you a little fulfillment? Just ask that. Sit down away from work and jot down what would be some fulfilling dreams. And maybe it's the time to dust off your dreams. One never knows. So, with your head swimming with new choices and all this endless uh, sea of freedom, I believe it's time to take a brief sorbet and allow me to proffer uh, a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. And so the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you, hearing my voice, that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most valued position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you take a hard look at one belief system, anyone, and pull out a few elements that might enrich your own character? Or will you continue to deny your precious judgment and feel you must swallow or reject uh, that whole system as like a prefix menu, all or nothing? The choice, my friend is truly yours. As a second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips in a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. And so today, I am pulling it out. I'm into right side up, boy, right side up. Uh, here we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> this one's called Mighty Middle Management. Uh, if our firm cuts out any more middle management, our CEO will be forced to talk to the workers himself. <laughs> well, as an afterthought on that one, you know, mid, mid-level mid managers are hired to serve as avenues, not buffers. So before you fire one more person in the middle, you best find out exactly what beneficial services she is performing and could perform. And before 
Your company makes one more widget, by the way. You best get down to that floor and start talking to the folks who actually make it. Just a thought. <laughs> and if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and pick up your copy of 102 or the 101 Best Business Quips, and you will discover a world of wit all awaiting in your arsenal that will lighten the weary load of your fellow chain gangers at work. <laughs> and uh, as a third utensil, we sociously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the individual who said, I love this one, if future generations are to remember us with more gratitude than sorrow, we must achieve more than just miracles in technology. Those wise words were spoken by none other than our 36th president and legendary lawmaker who pushed through the Civil Rights Act, Mr. Lyndon Johnson. So my congratulations to all you winners. And stick with us, because later on in the show, Blurting Away comes yet another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind, soul, and career-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. <laughs> and uh, before we return to finding your career and making all the fascinating twists and contortions that are going to bring you fulfillment, uh Allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today, and that company is Prometheus Publishing, and they would like you to take a look at one of their guides. It is called CEO of Yourself. Yes, it works for this uh, for this particular show, and that's why they selected it for us. So think a minute. Would you like a guide that gives you personally, the ability to grow like Google, to bounce back from failures like Microsoft, and to profit from compassion like the marvelous Pope Francis, and find all that fun that no one else, uh, that no one else seems to be having, but you wish you did have? Well, CEO of yourself arms you with a set of old-fashioned solutions that have been neglected for too long. All of those proven elements, character, principles, endurance, and unbridled enthusiasm are going to help you roll up your sleeves and blow away the fog of today's devices and distractions and set the enterprise of you on an honest and really joyful path. So pick up your copy of CEO of Yourself, take the helm, and get down to the business of your more rewarding life. Carpe diem, my friend. You are indeed worth it. And now, with our utensils at hand, let's plunge back uh, fee-first right into the arena of career and continue laying out some better strategies for navigating the way you work and live toward a port that's richer and more fulfilling. On with our journey. So, the next series of uh, career guidance uh shall we say, riverbanks, that is, to help the downward flow go in the right direction, uh, allow me to suggest that you discover a personal principle or mission within your career. If you've looked at what people need, you've looked at the contribution you make, and so forth, now let's get to you. 
what what personal principle or mission would enliven your soul, would spark it? The example in this one is a fellow named Jock Howard, a, an amazing individual. He ran a radio, he was hosted a radio show called Trenton 365. He was very good at it. He would bring in and interview all the fascinating people from the Central Jersey area, he, a lot of artists and a lot of uh political people, but but mostly people who are shaking up and coming up with something original. And all of a sudden, it dawned on him. Jock said, no, all these people are working. What I want to do, I want to lead this capital city that's pretty downtrodden and down at the heels at this time. I want to move forward and make it my mission to improve the lot. Uh, right along with the people, I, the guests I'm bringing in. So he uh, set up a whole series of library boxes throughout the city. He has done park cleanups. He has he set up gardens. He set up a whole series of art, of local art concerts and symphonies. He's bringing people together. He's doing a whole realm of wonderful activities that he himself enjoys greatly, and he is at the same time bringing people together. He loves it. I, let me give you another example, because this is a fellow I met in Darwin, Australia. Now, Darwin has more crocodiles and pythons than people, but it is a great it is a, a tourist destination for those who are truly hardy. And a fellow named Rob Woods, a lifelong outdoors guide. He was a, a dive master, a whitewater rafting gu guide, a climbing, the tour guide of everything that was in out in the wild. And he did this for 20 years. And all of a sudden, boom, he said, uh, yes, the outdoors is, is lovely. It's great to enjoy. But what's the point here? And so he developed principles to save this land. And he is now uniting all of the, the tour agencies to, 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 stop, to stop fracking, to stop uh, the ruination of the land. And he has also started this company that is a tour organization. It's called Ethical Adventures. And he takes only up to six people on it. Why? Because through the days of this tour, he engenders conversations, dealing with everything from kangaroo hunting to the need of people to appreciate the land around them. And they start talking, and he feeds them. And he it becomes not just a tour, not just a passive look-see at uh, beautiful birds and, and animals, and, but rather it becomes some a matter of thought, and people take away so much more. Again, one more way in which your career can find more avenues, and you're going to find a sense of personal joy with this one. When you have a mission, you you stop worrying less about the comparison and where you are within uh, next to the person who started at the same place you did four years ago, and here you are. No, no, no. That begins to vanish because you're working toward your mission, and you're loving it. And do make sure that you do love it. I mean, my heavens, what is life for at at, at any rate? And uh, there's we have several more, but here's one that I think 
is is one of my favorite career guide points because it's the millennials have it. Everybody picks on millennials. First of all, to call any any group between 18 and 35 and assume that all these people are alike and want to be marketed the same way. Are you out of your mind? But we we are stuck with the term. Here it is. And I will say the millennials, the much maligned millennials have one secret that the oldsters don't seem to pick up on. They find out, they know that life is long. And you're probably, if you're 18 now, you're probably going to live good Lord willing, to 100 years. I mean, you may. And uh, when Social Security started in 1930, men lived to 62, women lived to 65. Life has changed mightily since then. Now we're adding another 35 years onto that. The call for career still goes on. But the millennials have sort of figured it out because they're the generation we can't figure out, that is, they say the the lifelong career goal is just no longer practical. The take aim and shoot for one thing, because you may be working at it. You may have eighty good years to play around. So um, let me give you the example of Nikki Mutno, uh, a lovely lady I met and who had just graduated from junior college. She entered a small TV show, and she was smart. She was very ambitious and worked like bloody heck. Uh, and she became rapidly to a, 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 uh, an associate, and then she became an assistant producer, and then a producer. She was responsible for one show that was responsible for many shows out in the Cleveland area. And her career was, uh, from the outward sense, was absolutely soaring. And then I met her back in my hometown, which is where I knew her from, and she was age 29, and she said, well, I've left that now. I've done that. I've followed that route, and now I'm going to move into something else. She had another career step in mind, and I won't bore you with it, but she said, enough, I, it, enough is enough. I have followed this. I have enjoyed it, and I'm, and the world is too big to put yourself into a single rut for all your life. I, this, what the skills I've gotten have, have broadened my vision, not narrowed it. May I say that again? The skills and experiences I have have broadened my vision, not narrowed it. I'm, I don't mean to beat a drum here, but it's, it's something I feel very strongly. And I think that if you take the millennial secret that you're going to live a long time and you don't need to be locked into any one trade or line of expertise. Now, I will say it takes courage, but that's what it is. At this point, I want to just say uh, we have several more uh, tips that I wanted to get through. Uh, but the one of the, so I'll just add one more final thing to say. Today is the big rage of entrepreneurs. Everyone is it's very trendy. Business today is to launch your own company. That and let me just ask: Do you risk? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you relish the risk and the endless work uh, of working at the business, the accounting, the hiring, the paperwork, the seeking funding? Do you do that? If you do, you may want to be an entrepreneur, or maybe your skills will your and your life will better blossom as. Uh, 
as a, a salaried employee. That's your choice. Don't let anyone push you into it. And I'm afraid to say there are many more guides uh, that we wanted to get to, but those are some of the top ones. And I hope that this will be something that will that you've picked up something tonight that is going to spark a little more enthusiasm and maybe just a little wiser choices in your own future. Be brave and take the choice. So, as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who was the person who said, don't stay in bed unless you can make money in bed? <laughs> and, and as a hit, this cigar-toting comedian uh, knew his times just right. It was nighttime, just right, I guess I should say, really, since he always finished all his routines by saying, say goodnight, Gracie. <clears throat> and remember, if you know the author of this quote, just scribble that author's name down as you believe it to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, you will win an absolutely life and changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Book Bookstore. And be sure to tune in next week to the Art of the CEO radio show because we're going to bring you uh, the top of his field gentleman, Mr. Damon Kirsch, whose Restorations Inc. company cleans up the most unimaginable disasters from, from, from the fallen World Trade Center to the precious art-laden museums in flood. Come and learn how this disaster defeater gives people and nations back their lives. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, penguins may waddle clumsily over the snow or the beach, ah, but in the ocean they are sharks, sleek, joyous, and efficient. The key, my friend, is finding the right medium. <laughs> and to you, gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this on all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who've honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. <laughs>